Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Six Overtimes Podcast. I'm Chaz Wagner. The other one is Scott Wodemuth. And What's up? we have the third wheel, not the first time he's been on, Anthony Calabro. Uh, our NBA, How you guys doing? NBA draft expert out there, Anthony. You just, uh, the beat goes on. No stopping you. <laughs> Let's do it. Can't stop, won't stop. How, how do you, uh, how do you have all this, uh, I mean, Chad Ford can't even, uh, possess all this. How do you, how do you do it? Uh, it's all in my head, man. Well, it's also because I don't really work that hard at my real job. <laughs> I heard all your, uh, coworkers listen to this, so I, I don't think you can be saying that. <laughs> I don't think they mind too much. So what kind of work, uh, what player are we, uh, have you been studying? Uh, in and out, was just watching every shot of his since sixth grade. Who's it going to be tonight? <laughs> well, that would be uh, Alex Oriaki, the uh, forward slash center from uh, UConn. Okay, and uh, he is kind of we. The last one we did was Chris Joseph, and I see some uh, parallels there in the sense that his minutes, um, Chris Joseph's minutes have not gone down, but. Alex Oriaki, his minutes have dropped. His his rebounding numbers—that's what he's known for. Uh, as a Chris Joseph, we said has all these things. Alex Oriaki is a rebounder. They are down because of uh, two words. Andre Drummond has has come to uh, Connecticut. So, what uh, does he have a uh, NBA future in there? Yeah, well, I, I think that makes for an interesting case here because do you go if you're an NBA scout, do you go by? You know, his sophomore year without Andre Drummond, where he averaged, you know, almost 10 points, was being forced on the national championship team. Or do you go by what you see right now as, you know, uh, a role player, a bench guy, a guy coming off the bench where his duty is really play defense, guard the basket, rebound. Um, you know, it, it makes for an interesting case because I honestly see him as the guy who, you know, um, was really an anchor on the defense for the national championship team. It's just unfortunate that Andre Drummond kind of really pushed him out of his starting center role. Um, and he's kind of been playing in limbo since that demotion. Um, he kind of has an undefined role right now, um, but and he was struggled at the onset. Um, but his numbers are beginning to rise again, and he's almost starting to get it. So I think um, that can only help him. Yeah, and it seems like Calhoun has been trying to run the offense with, uh, you know, Drummond on the floor and then Oriaki, but using Oriaki more as a spread forward. And I, I think that that's really hurt his stock and his numbers because he's not a great jump shooter. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. I see him as, I can see him as an efficient player, but yeah, he has to be in and around the basket in order to be efficient. Um, and that's tough with Andre Drummond there. Their styles are so similar that they almost kind of negate each other on the offensive end where you can't have them both clogging the lane and Andre Drummond is going to take the lane. So um, where does that leave Oriaki kind of on the outside? Um, you kind of give him credit for, you know, you know, taking his game to the outside, trying to really, um, you know, make it work. It's just not happening right now. Um, his numbers, are, you know, he's down 10 minutes last year. Um, so... Hopefully, uh, it's, it, it makes for a tough case. And I think what you can see is if Drummond does go into the draft next year, maybe Oriaki stays for a senior year and says, you know, let me try to do this again. So um, it makes for an interesting case. Well, I hope 
as a Wake Forest grad and a Wake Forest fan and apologist, you know, I, I watched Al Farouk Aminu try to do the same thing, like develop his outside shot. And it was one of the ugliest things and most painful things to watch. So I hope Oriaki either gets it real fast or just stops for all those Connecticut Huskies <laughs> fans out there. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm really – he's an efficient player. That's that's what is so frustrating, uh, you know, watching him play is that, you know, his last few games, you know, he's shooting five of eight, four of five, you know, three of five, where he's not getting a lot of opportunities, but he's taking advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, um, and that's because he's in and around the basket. So um, I they might have to do – Calhoun has done where – um, he plays Oriaki when Drummond's on the bench and vice versa. So. Yeah, I'm uh, going back to one of your original points. I'm uh, Again, we're with Anthony Calabro um, of blog9450.wordpress.com on Twitter at, uh, at blog9450. And I'm, I'm more on the, the argument of what have you done for me lately because he's going to, at the next level, he's going to be going... Uh, being teamed with and going up against people like Andre Drummond, and he's got to, in limited minutes, in limited time, he's got to maximize and, and use that to his his most efficient ability. So his sophomore year, while it was impressive, uh, you know, it, I I look more at uh, at this year, Anthony. No, I agree, and you know, normally I would take your side, and you know, I think I don't really take much stock in the hurt feelings side of it. But in this case, when you're the starting center of a national championship team, um, you're the anchor on defense, you played a pivotal role, and then the very next season, you know, we got this freshman coming in, taking your spot here at the bench, you can play 20 minutes. Um, that has to be a shock, and I think it it really it really hurt him, and he didn't, he didn't roll with it very well. Um, you know, he went to Twitter. There were some Twitter comments. And, you know, he didn't handle it that great. But I think you can start to see as the numbers are starting to trickle up that he's dealt with it, he's getting it. So I would really take a look from, you know, starting um, maybe around tournament time um, if he's really getting it, if you see his play improve mm-hmm. and maybe judge from there. Um, because, you know, that had to be a really shock to him, and you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt of, you know, poor numbers um, in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good point, and it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses the next six weeks or so and, and how he takes over that role. And really, if he, like you were, we were just talking about Chris Joseph, it's, do you take that role and do you run with it or do you continue to pout? And, mm-hmm. you know, if he pouts, I think he's really going to hurt his draft stock because not only do you see these issues with him trying to stand out or be productive and efficient with, you know, an NBA caliber big man on your own team, but you also get into that, is this a guy I really want on my team because of chemistry issues? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah more Go ahead, Anthony. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, and he's going to have to learn that, you know, he's not going to be a starting center when he enters the NBA, and I think he's learning that, you know, in college, he's learning that, you know, his role isn't set in stone. You know, things change. He's going to have to roll with it, and maybe he's learning that now as opposed to in the NBA where if he pouts 10, you know, they'll just find another guy. 
Yeah, NBA GMs, it's, uh, we know he's tough, physically tough. Um, it's, I think the mental toughness is really being, um, you know, tested here. And they're seeing, NBA GMs and, and front office are seeing that, uh, you know, does he have the attitude and the, you know, can he, you know, the chemistry, can he bond with, uh, you know, when through some tough times in the NBA? Um, so what players, uh, do you see and guys in the NBA now that, mimic or remind you of of Alex Oriaki or he reminds you of of those guys already there yeah I mean I'm just looking at rugged players that really you know get at it on you know get at it on the glass in the paint um, I'm looking at guys like Emeka Okafor who's a little undersized plays center um, big body big build um, not much of an offensive game you know you don't run your offense through Okafor but, yeah. you know, he can really rebound. He can really put the ball in the hoop in and around the basket. Like we said, he doesn't really venture outside 10, 15 feet, if that. Um, other guys, maybe like a Kwame Brown type where it's just all defense. I'm looking at guys maybe like a Reggie Evans on the Clippers. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, hard-nosed guys. Yeah, hard-nosed guys. Um, that's what I see in Oriaki. I mean. Um, what about Anthony think, Mason? Oh, nice. There it is. I like it. Yeah, I mean Anthony, you want to see Moriaki play uh, the point center, the point forward <laughs> like Mace would. Um, but yeah, he's a rugged guy. Yeah, I agree. I love I love Anthony Mason. Yeah, man, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you know? Where do you think that he will land in, in this year's draft or in twenty thirteen? Are, are there teams? Is it a young team that could use a guy like this who could bring in experience, or do you want to throw him to a team that, you know, he can develop with the rest of his his guys like a Charlotte or whatever? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at a team like um, the Lakers right now. Um, you know, you see they have Bayern, they have Gasol. You're thinking why, why the Lakers? But you know, who's backing those guys up? I mean, they lost Odom. Um, they really have a true height. Um, coming off the bench where they can be productive, um, I think the Lakers would be a good fit as, you know, the third or fourth big guy on a team. Um, you're looking at the Warriors who are constantly looking for big men. Uh, yeah. Tommy Brown's out. Uh, you saw them play, you know, try to do hack a Dwight because they just didn't have anybody that could body up with the Dwight Howard. Um, or, you know, any really starting center, a true center, you know, the Warriors are going to have trouble. Um, a defensive-minded guy would be like Oriaki would fit. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep going back to the Celtics. I think this just proves that the Celtics have a lot of needs. Um, you know, they can really use an athletic big man. They have Brandon Bass, but he more is of takes, you know, the 15, 17-foot shots, uh, mid-range shots, where Oriaki can more be a good, tough guy off the bench. Um, so, you know, Oriaki, he is a tough player, big body. Um, I think his game could make it, could translate to the NBA. It's just a matter of when. Um, I really think it has, you know, a domino effect where it's up to Drummond. If Drummond stays, maybe Oriaki leaves, where if Drummond decides to go, maybe Oriaki stays for his senior year. Um, so that that would be interesting to see his um, what he does. Yeah. You, you fit, you're a good fit on this podcast. You know why, Anthony? Why is that? Using the word tough. I think that's our favorite <laughs> word because the Big East Conference equals tough. I think uh, Scott, yeah. Scott and I use that word a little too much, but uh, you you just add 
add to the uh <laughs> Anthony brings here. toughness to the podcast. He does <laughs> mentally, physically, uh all all the way around. That, Anthony, another question. Toughness, right, from St. Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> another question. Are you uh are you biased? Uh you're obviously biased towards the Big East now that you're covering. Is there any possible way that all of these players that we're covering that we've already covered and will cover that all of them get drafted because uh <laughs> It's like an investment guy or financial analyst has a buy signal on every stock, and you're like, "Do you have any sells? Are you just are you just trying to make us feel good that we're covering the best uh, the best players in the best conference here, Anthony?" Well, the thing is, once you look at these guys, I really see where a team can use them, especially this season with the shortened season. These guys, you know, in the NBA, yeah, they just don't look that great. Um, they're yeah. they're struggling. They're lumbering. Um, the play isn't that great. Um, so, you know, you can really see a fit where, you know, man, if the Lakers had Oriaki just to come off the bench and spell Gasol or buy him for a few minutes, that can really help out the team. Um, you know, you can see where they fit. But the truth is, there's a guy, there's a scout in, you know, Mongolia or Angola that sees a seven foot two guy that's like, you know, pick him in the second round because, yeah. you know, you know you, in the second round, you're going to go after, you know, the high ceiling you know, low risk, high reward type guys where a guy like Oriaki or a Chris Joseph who's a senior, you know, what you see is what you get. So it really depends on how you scout and what your team really needs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like Oriaki's a mid, mid to late second round pick. Uh, we're sort of targeting them, him as a eighth guy off the bench as a uh, third or fourth big man for a team like the Lakers or the Celtics. You know, we are the Six Overtimes podcast, and we have Anthony Calabro coming on from blog9450.wordpress.com. You can find our podcast at sixovertimes.us. Tweet us at Six Overtimes. Tweet Anthony at blog9450. And, you know, hit us up on Gmail at sixovertimes at gmail.com. For my esteemed co-host, Chaz Wagner, for our uh our tough guest, Anthony Calabro. I'm Scott Wildermute. Thanks a lot for stopping by, and uh, we'll catch you soon.